Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. I hope everybody had a great Halloween. I certainly did. Dr. Sky coming up in just two minutes. We are going to tackle your space questions. So if you have any, give us a call at one 800 848 W-A-B-C, that's 800-848-9222. There are many, many, many things I don't understand, which is part of the reason we talk about space and have these cosmic conversations with Dr. Sky every two weeks. One of them is how anyone in New York City would ever go to a chain pizzeria. We have the best pizza places in the world, so I can't understand why someone would go to a Domino's or a Pizza Hut, which is why I am just dumbfounded at the news that ran in Crane's New York business yesterday that Pizza Hut plans 10 new locations for New York City. That's right. This is something that I can understand going over well in the suburbs where they don't have a great pizza shop on every corner, but this is going to be Pizza Hut's first full menu restaurant. Well, actually, the first full menu restaurant in Manhattan opened a year ago, and now they are firing things up with 10 new locations uh, for New York City. Now, this is in line with Papa John's, whose dozens of locations suggest that not all New Yorkers prefer only pies from mom-and-pop joints like Lombardi's or Arturo's or John's or Patsy's or Grimaldi's. Well, Grimaldi's is a chain, but Grimaldi's is a really good chain. They still make pizza the way they used to make it. I don't understand how these places stay in business. And what makes this even more unbelievable to me is this move comes as a lot of other chain eateries are still below their pre-COVID levels. Now, Pizza Hut has roots back in Manhattan that go back to 1980, back to 1989 when they opened an express takeout counter in a space not far from where we are right now that they shared with KFC and a couple of other fast food places. I just don't understand this. Who is going to go here? Why is there a market for this in New York City? What does this say about the pizza palette of New York? Now, I guess in a city of eight and a half million people plus tourists, maybe there's a market for every type of food, but we already have every type of pizza. What can Pizza Hut possibly add to the equation? Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. 
Phil Murphy, the governor of New Jersey, has plenty of money. That's how he was able to spread that wealth around to be the Democratic nominee for governor initially. He's also very capable of raising a whole lot of money privately, which is how he got to be an ambassador in the Obama administration in the first place, which makes a headline that came out yesterday even more bizarre. Apparently, the governor of New Jersey spent $12,000 of taxpayer money on stadium events, including a Taylor Swift concert. And we only know about this because Politico obtained records of taxpayer spending. He used his taxpayer-funded expense account for nearly $12,000 worth of food and drinks at MetLife Stadium, including at this Taylor Swift concert and a hip-hop music festival. Now, after being questioned about the justifications for the costs during his first term, the governor's office says it's asking the state Democratic Party to reimburse taxpayers for the entertainment. Does anybody think that they were going to reimburse the taxpayers had Politico not caught them? Again, this is exhibit 999 as to why we need a strong local journalism apparatus in every state and in every city. Because if they weren't asking questions about this, then the taxpayers would have gotten stuck with this bill. Murphy's use of his expense account has really not attracted a lot of attention since he took office. His Republican predecessor, Chris Christie, he found himself under a lot of scrutiny by the news media for similar spending. And apparently Murphy, at least in this one instance, did the same thing. The state was left with the bill, which was paid via Murphy's $95,000 a year expense account. This is not the people's business. This is either purely personal or purely political. Either way, the taxpayers shouldn't be spending money on this. And I am glad Politico got to the bottom of this. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, this is a story that is just breaking within the last few hours. A gentleman that has been on the show a few times and someone that I've become pretty friendly with, former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy, took a formal step towards mounting a political comeback two decades after he resigned from the state's highest office in a sex scandal that captivated the nation. McGreevy filed a form with the State Election Law Enforcement Commission indicating that he's running for mayor of Jersey City in 2025. It names a treasurer and creates a candidate committee. The city's current mayor is not seeking re-election and instead is running for governor, which is obviously McGreevy's old job. Other mayoral contenders are reportedly expected, so McGreevy is by no means a shoo-in, despite his name recognition and his local connections. Let me tell you something. I've been very impressed with Jim McGreevy. I love what he's done on behalf of veterans. I love what he's done on behalf of prisoners. I love what he's done on the municipal level. And I'm very impressed with him. He strikes me as a very deep thinker, a guy that has learned a great deal through what he's been through. And at a time when it seems like the far left is firmly in control of the Democratic Party, he strikes me as incredibly sane and sober and very much a moderate voice that you don't really see much of in terms of the 
people that get the most media attention in Democratic circles these days. So I think he would be a great choice for mayor of Jersey City. And this would be a great political comeback. Not that my vote means anything because I don't live in Jersey City. But if I did, he would absolutely have my vote. And what he's doing here by demonstrating a little humility and running for a lower office rather than governor again is something that Andrew Cuomo could learn a lesson from. All indications are from people that I talk to, they think Andrew Cuomo is going to run for governor again. That would be a crucial mistake. Cuomo should do what McGreevy's doing, learn a little humility, run for a lower office first, and rebuild and rehabilitate your reputation. Wishing you the best of luck, Governor Jim McGreevy. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. The most watched city council race in New York City is in Brooklyn, in what is now the 47th council district, where... It's a councilman-on-councilman race. Councilmember Justin Brannon is running as a Democrat against Councilmember Ari Kagan, who is now a Republican. He was originally elected as a Democrat, and now, due to redistricting, they find themselves in the same district. And there has been a fascinating corollary to this race. There's been this Cold War brewing between the Democratic county leader, Rodnish Bichette Hermelin, and the incumbent Democratic council member, Justin Brannon. Well, as of yesterday, the Cold War between the Democratic leader and the Democratic incumbent has turned hot. Yesterday, the chairwoman released a blistering statement in response to a New York Post story rehashing years-old harassment allegations against Brannon. This is the quote from the chairperson. We have received a barrage of concerns and disturbing allegations against Councilmember Justin Brannon for harassing and tormenting an ex-staff member with autism who was under Brannon's supervision at the time. The chilling accusations, which include locking the staffer in a basement and leaving decapitated teddy bears on his desk, were settled out of court for $850,000. Some have asked for Justin Brannon's resignation, which I have not taken a position on. Now, that's the response from the Democratic county leader. Not the Republican. It's now clear that the county leader who already has been fighting with Brandon publicly over whether or not to house migrants in this district, she has no love lost between she and Justin Brandon. But now it seems like she openly wants Ari Kagan to win this election. Brandon's campaign issued a statement back saying Justin's desperate political opponents that now include Rod Nish have been lodging these false accusations in every campaign for the past six years. Justin was not named in this lawsuit and was never subpoenaed. And I know a lot of the people involved in that lawsuit, including the council member whose office that harassment allegedly took place in. I never bought into it. I never thought there was any truth to it. And certainly that behavior has never been repeated. And Brannon has never been accused since he's been elected of anything like that. So why the chairperson would risk a Democratic seat in order to rehash these old allegations rather than say that uh, there's no proof that Justin Brandon did anything wrong, I just don't understand at all. So I certainly don't think Justin Brandon should resign, but it's very telling that even the Democrats seem eager to have him lose this election. We'll see what happens. Beam me up! To be continued.